Hey, everybody. You're listening to So Many Sequels. I'm Josh. I'm Andrew. I'm Garrett. And I am David. Today on the show, we're going to wrap up our Cloverfield series by talking about the Cloverfield Paradox. Mm-hmm. Isn't that exciting? It is, because uh, I had no idea this movie even existed. Really? So it was a real so, shock to me. The Cloverfield Paradox w- was released February 4th, 2018 um, on Netflix. Mm-hmm. It uh, was a surprise movie for everyone. There had been some... Was that? I said even the actors. Well, maybe. Um, there had been some talk prior to it coming out about this uh, mysterious movie called God Particle that this ended up becoming. But its ties to Cloverfield and all that were not really known unless you went pretty deep into the Cloverfield lore and uh, viral marketing kind of stuff. So anyway, it was a surprise. It dropped. They dropped a trailer for it during the Super Bowl that night, revealing that the movie would be available on Netflix immediately following the game. So big, big, huge reveal. First of its kind, really. Uh, this movie was thought to be released in theaters. Nope. Netflix. Nope. They they didn't. They, um, in hindsight, it, probably the right choice. Probably was. Hang on. Go ahead. Um, but that's it for the introduction, really. This movie um, had a slightly bigger budget than the last two. Was directed by Julius Ona. I want to. I'm. I want to say that's how you pronounce it. Um, yeah. A uh, little-known director at the time. His previous film was called The Girl is in Trouble. This was his second movie to direct. And then um, since then, he made the movie Lucy. There was Luce. Do you all remember this? L-U-C-E. Charlotte Johansson? No, not that one. This was um, Naomi Watts and Octavia Spencer. And it's L-U-C-E. I don't remember how they pronounced it. Oh, okay. But it came out... um, Last year, I believe. So, um, another director getting his start. Oh, it's like a weird horror movie, right? I don't really remember. Yeah, I think it is some kind of some kind of thriller type thing. I vaguely remember it. Um, uh, yeah. So this movie takes place in space. The final frontier. We've gone from a from a classic New York City backdrop to a scary Louisiana bunker to the outer reaches of space. Right in this series, and I would it, uh, I would say this is definitely the most uh, uh, sci-fi of all of them, even considering yeah, the, probably the, the monster components of the and the alien components of the fir- previous ones. So the first movie was Cloverfield is a found footage action type movie. The second one is a dark thriller, mm-hmm. and this one is like a sci-fi horror. So while they all feel somewhat similar in certain ways, uh, they all manage to hit different genres, which is fun. I'm trying to think of the positive things I can say about the movie because it's not overly great. It has its moments, but uh. I like- I'd seen it. I'd seen it before. Garrett has seen it before. Andrew has still not seen it. And David, <laughs> <laughs> this was his first time to see it. So yeah. what, was, what were you guys' thoughts as first-time viewers I'll go ahead and let Andrew answer, even though he don't. Go ahead, Andrew. Me. What do you remember between your, uh, the moments of blackness for you? 
I love the cast. The cast was great. Yeah. yeah good. Y'all didn't tell me Daniel Brule was in this. I don't know who that is. He's watching this movie. He's Zemo. Watching this movie. From Captain America Civil War. Watching this movie, there's a lot of like B-list stars where you would be like, oh, that's that guy or girl, but you would not know their name or where they're from unless you saw their face and that is his cast to it. A lot of journeyman actors. There's a lot of people that are in like a lot of different things here and there, been in TV and movies. Um, The reason I bring up Daniel Brule, yeah, he's in Captain America Civil War. He plays Zemo the main villain of that movie. Um, and yeah. so I was, him, I was like, oh, here we go. I, I know this guy. And Chris O'Dowd from IT Crowd. Um, I've seen the main actress in a few things, although I can't. Uh, I should have written, written it down. And, uh, and then uh, Elizabeth uh, Debicki from, uh, uh, well, I've seen her in a couple of things now, but she was in uh, The Night Manager. She was in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2, things like that. So there's a pretty good, it's a pretty good cast, pretty good and uh, good overall representation if that's a goal. What else about mm-hmm. the movie, Andrew, besides cast, do you remember? He don't know. He that's about it. That's, don't know. that's about all I can compliment on. Anyway. The blackness of space was equal to what the about, blackness what of his about, eyelids. What would you, <laughs> you think about the story? The story was pretty good. I I will say that there were times when I felt like it was getting predictable. Mm-hmm. Like it was it, it was like it, uh, you don't like you don't know why they're in space, you don't know why they're on the ship, why the uh, the beam I think the beam was like trying to was was like trying to activate mm-hmm. and all of a sudden everything just goes completely haywire. Uh, I like the surprise elements. Uh, the woman in the the woman in the wall took me completely by surprise, and how everything just kind of just looped around into its own into another dimension. I think that was a good way to. I think that was a good plot point. I don't think they wrapped it up very well. You were asleep during that part. Maybe I was. They wrapped it up. You still seem to get most of the plot, though. You worked that part out. What about you, David? Well, I think an alternate title for this could be Cloverfield Deep Space Nine. Um, boring? Because, huh? Boring? Yeah, no, Deep not, Space Nine's boring. Not entirely boring, but what <laughs> I, will, I, I thought it was better than Cloverfield The Next Generation because they were stuck in one place, <laughs> um, as opposed to being on a ship. Sure. Uh, it plays... I mean, this... In my personal opinion, this this movie plays like a Star Trek fanfic, um, but a little bit gorier and a little bit scarier in places. They have uh, obviously some more gruesome deaths, but you have like an international team of scientists and astronauts, and they have some sort of vague ranking and uh, system. You know who's in charge. There's a and then you know something goes wrong, and uh, they didn't do something quite right. Now they're shifting between parallel you know parallel dimensions. I mean, Worf literally did this in an episode or two of Star Trek in which he was going through different alternate timelines where he knew this person, but this person didn't know him, him or he had a, this person has children, but this person doesn't have children in the alternate timeline. You know, it, it's, it, it's a very popular trope. The problem here is, in my opinion, that the characters of this movie uh, aren't really as, well, I'm not as invested in them as I would be in a TV show 
where this type of thing might happen. This is kind of, this kind of thing could easily happen on an episode of Agents of Shield, you know, or something like that. It's a very man. If and if you're like up to date on TV Agents of Shield, script. it very much could be. Like it, this is a very TV show style uh, script, and I think in general it, it works. It's fine. Like it's not like anything overly special. I, I wrote that I wasn't bored, but I also really wasn't excited. Um, so I was just kind of somewhere in the middle for most of the movie. Um, I, I think that the one character they give us a real reason to care for, I do, I did care about. I, I thought that Ava, uh, who is sort of our central character, we get a real sense of who she is and, and what she cares about and what her purpose on this mission is. But everybody else is just kind of like there to be killed. You know, like, so you, it's, it's kind of got a, tradi- I, I guess you could say that's a pretty traditional horror trope of there's only one real character that you, you can invest in and everybody else is just sort of, you know, fodder for the, the deaths. But, you know, I mean, it, I, I don't really know what else to say in terms of the story. It's, um, yeah, they're trying to activate this uh, super collider. They're trying to, they're in the year 2028. They're trying to save the world's energy crisis. There's constant uh, ro- wars or rumors of wars going on on planet side. Uh, we have actually a dual narrative because uh, Ava's husband on the planet is like a doctor. And we're getting in, we actually spend some time with him. And he, uh, he saves a girl from a hospital that blows up. And they go hide in a Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane style bunker some of yeah. the movie and um so but that story seems somewhat underdeveloped uh compared to our main story in space um yeah you know, so much like, of the the, the yeah. core story is are these characters in the station when i do think that um the more interesting story is kind of what they're doing mm-hmm. which doesn't work well with the horror theme they've set up um, cause what they're doing, like you said, trying to solve the energy crisis, they're, they're astronauts on the Cloverfield station, which is orbiting earth. And the idea is that it will provide earth with like all the energy they would ever need. But there are conspiracy theorists, as we see in the beginning in the news real clips, uh, Donald uh, Logue. yeah, Donald Logue, um, that they believe it will open basically parallel universes and horrible things will happen. And that, that's a cool story. Yeah, he uses the and phrase And what, what we see more of is like uh, astronauts and different, very, different like jump scares. Yeah, the way this plays out is, uh, you know, there's a lot of, you know, interesting stuff. The problem is, I feel like they did have too good a job of foreshadowing because they would like, they would like give you like the, they would give you the moment of foreshadowing and you're kind of like, Oh, and like, you kind of knew exactly where, like Andrew said, you kind of knew exactly where some of these things were going to end up going. Um, it all builds to a moment where in, in, uh, you know, we had a conversation similar about this with a happy death day to you where our main character is presented with one of those ultimate, like uh, difficult choices. She can stay in this reality where her kids are alive or she can go back to her own reality where her kids are dead. Problem is in this reality, she's her, you know, she's still alive too. So they're not her kids necessarily. These are kids that have, you know, belong to someone else that are hers, but not hers. I don't know. It's very confusing, but 
Um, ultimately, she makes, I think, I guess, the right choice. Um, and then the movie just kind of like ends prematurely. So, fair enough. Fair yeah, it doesn't really end with what about what about you, Garrett? You've seen it before. You were you talked about last week about seeing it right after the Super Bowl. Yeah, uh, Josh and I watched it at the same time, two two oh one eight, and uh, brains all over the place today. Um, I was into it this time uh, for about two thirds of the movie, <laughs> and yeah. then that and then that one that last third, I was so far gone that it really ruined everything. And I really, I still can't pinpoint why or what changed, um, but I was into the chaotic mess that they had created. I was in, I, 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 maybe it helped having watched Cloverfield in 10 Cloverfield Lane back to back before this one. And, and they were fresh on my mind. And I saw, I saw a lot of parallels between those two movies and this one where you don't really know what's going on. I mean, you kind of, you know why you, you know why they're up there, but the conspiracy theorist talks about ripping space time open you don't necessarily know that's what's going on until later on in the movie. Um, it, it's, it's just another weird, anything can happen in this Cloverfield universe that they've created. Um, and so I was really into it. Some of the horror I was really into when um, Volkov's eye got all jacked up and then he oh. threw up the worms and like all of this weird stuff started happening. And I was really into it. Um, and then, man, I don't, again, I still don't know the moment, but I, I wrote down in my notes, I was like, I'm actually really interested in all of this stuff into the story. And then later on I wrote, I don't care. I just want this to be over. Um, I, I think it, I think they did a, a good job with the horror aspect of it. In my opinion, what I don't think they did a good job of was making me, believe that what they were doing was going to save the earth. I think that had we spent a little more time on earth and that story develop and, and give me a reason why we need this energy source. Give me some kind of time crunch because they were, they've been up there for two years working on this thing at this point in time uh, when the chaos is happening. And so give me a reason why you need this energy source, make it like a dire strait in addition to a dire strait of what you has been caused up in space. Um, yeah. You can leave the monsters as a surprise, um, which they did in this one. Um, you know, when they're coming down at the very end, the original Clover monster jumps up out of the clouds and that's what scared Andrew out of his slumber. Um, but I just didn't ever really feel a sense of, urgency except for that moment of when the horror stuff was happening and for me it was the astronauts trying to save their own lives because all of this chaos was happening mm -hmm. um, that was a sense of urgency but like the energy story um after they figured out what happened um you didn't really see any like monsters causing big destruction and i think that made me lose that sense of urgency because I didn't see it until the very end when Michael is like, all of a sudden, don't tell them, tell them not to come back, tell them not to come back. And then the monster shows up and then there's a sense of urgency again. But no, without no. that, it was just 
dead weight. Yeah. Yeah. This movie continues the trend of there will not be a direct sequel probably to this. No. So you're kind of left with like, they, they all end with very like, I don't know. I don't say draw a direct illusion of this, but very twilight zone endings where it's like, and that's just the end. You'll never know exactly what happens after that. Although you have a lot of questions and whereas the questions at the end of the first Cloverfield uh, made the movie more interesting. I feel like here they, they don't, I feel like, I feel like the questions you're asking after this movie, you're just kind of make you go, uh, I kind of just, it makes, makes me wish the movie was better. Yeah. Um, that said, like, like I said, I don't think this is necessarily horrible. Um, my, my, my lack of expectations or, or hype going into this movie, um, were non-existent. So, um, or, or excuse me, I should just say my, my expectations were non-existent. Uh, they, um, you know, I watched Cloverfield and Cloverfield, 10 Cloverfield Lane right up right before this. So there was, I was interested to see what they were going to do, but, uh, nothing here made me go, Oh yeah, this is great. It's just kind of like, yeah, this is, this is okay. This is good. Yeah. Well, the story's not compelling. It's not overly right. compelling, no. Right. It's not. Like it's it's when I when I was watching this movie, I was thinking of uh I was thinking of the movie Event Horizon. <laughs> and there's a lot of similarities between the two. And I'm like th- I'm like this is just Event Horizon. There's I mean, I don't know what's different about it. It's cool that it's sci-fi. It's cool that they're it's cool that they've explored all these different genres. But it just doesn't I feel like at this, at this point they're copying. Mm. I think yeah. for me, what they could have done is I think this particular movie rather than, and I don't know exactly how they would have done it um, rather than it be the, the catalyst. So you have to think of it in terms of this movie really is the reason we have Cloverfield and Tim Cloverfield Lane. We, right. They're up there doing that energy source and, the conspiracy theorist was right. Um, They ripped a hole in space time through different dimensions and caused chaos across three different dimensions independently. And I like this idea, but I think that this movie could have been more compelling, at least for me, if there was no different dimensions and that these movies took place uh, over a course of time and Cloverfield was the first one and that Clover monster was the, um, the scout for lack of a better term. He was sent down here to see what it was like. He communicated back to his alien brethren. They came down and that is what happened in, um, 10 Cloverfield lane. The timeline there doesn't necessarily make sense because of the fact that had that first monster come down, John Goodman's character in Ten Cloverfield Lane would have already been in the bunker. But let's just yeah. pretend that this timeline yeah, goes along right now. And it's, so these yeah. astronauts were sent into space to find some kind of energy source in order to defeat these monsters that had come down over the course of these two movies. I think that kind of urgency, and, and that implies some kind of a battle and that they had been able to, there's been this war going on for 20 years um, and, and then now they're finally close enough to getting that, 
I don't know. I think that yeah. may have worked a little better. There's still some nooks and crannies that wouldn't have like weaved as well. So it's not perfect, but, and I do like the idea of this one central event has caused such chaos across so many dimensions. Um, but this movie itself as the catalyst just doesn't, I don't care. Yeah. I, I don't care about this movie. I care about the results based on the first yeah. two movies, but this one is just there. I talked yeah. about it last week. I think even if they give you an explanation for the Cloverfield incidents and the thing and, and what happens in 10 Cloverfield lane, it's going to be underwhelming. And I feel like that's kind of the problem here is they went out of their way to try to give you enough of an answer as to why this has all happened. And unfortunately there's not quite enough clarity because they try to keep an element of mystery. They kind of, they try to keep an element of making you believe that this has almost nothing to do with Cloverfield until the last few minutes. And then they're like, see, it has to do with Cloverfield. And then the audience is forced to draw their own conclusions as to how exactly all that happens, which was great in the first Cloverfield movie is drawing your own conclusions. But here they give you all this information that just makes you go like, uh, I don't know. It, it just doesn't feel as cool as it could. And it's almost better. It would almost been better, better left as a mystery. And this is just like Garrett said, a, a, this movie takes place in the future of a world in which a monster baby or otherwise, or an alien invasion took place at some point in the, in the mid two thousands. Uh, instead of trying to like find like a weird way of, creating it like a self-creating universe, you know, self-creating uh, a, a paradox event where this happens across multiple dimensions and multiple timelines. We talked about last week how there were a lot of, there were a lot of rumors going in that Overlord was going to be a part of the yep. uh, uh, Cloverfield universe. Apparently TJ Miller was under the impression that 2020s, I think it was just this earlier this year, the movie Underwater with mm-hmm. Kristen Stewart was going to be in the in the uh, Cloverfield universe. Yeah. So why would he think that? Apparently, that he said he wrote it on his Instagram. He was apparently under the impression that it was going to be another Cloverfield movie, and uh, then the movie came out with literally no reference to Cloverfield, and he was like, mm, "Guess I, I was told wrong." Mm-hmm. Still want to watch it though. Yeah. Here's but. Uh, uh, Josh or, or Garrett, I'm sure both of you are looking into this. Do you want to talk about how this didn't, this is another situation where the movie didn't start as a Cloverfield movie at all. It started as something totally different. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's almost the same story. Um, this came from a spec script, uh, just like um, 10 Cloverfield Lane did. Mm-hmm. Um, Bad Robot, again, got a hold of it to produce and just over time they kind of figured out hey we could rework this into a Cloverfield movie and that's essentially what they did now I believe that it so like we talked about last time 10 Cloverfield Lane didn't really become a Cloverfield movie until well into production it sounds like with this one that they took the time to make it one before they really started but still after the script was written initially. Yeah. So, um, yeah, it was a movie called, they, 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 they were ready. God particle. Exactly. God particle. So they were, they were ready to make this more of a Cloverfield one than they were with the, with the previous movie. But, um, yeah. 
again. What were you going to say, just Andrew? Like, just like with all these movies, the follow-up isn't necessarily intended to do that from the right out the gate. Mm-hmm. Yep. And what was anyway, Andrew? What? No, my only thing was was like the uh, the timeline in which these movies, like the time span in between these movies, like the first Cloverfield and Ten Cloverfield Lane had seven years, I think. It was two thousand eight, two thousand. No, that's eight years. Mm-hmm. There were eight years in between those in between those movies. Yeah, and in between. Ten Cloverfield Lane and Cloverfield Paradox. There's three years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, two years actually. And they had this movie more or less done in 2017. So yeah. So my thing is, is that like I wonder if since this movie was written on a spec script and it wasn't really intended to be in the Cloverfield Cloverfield uh, universe. Mm-hmm. I wonder if maybe they just tacked that on and just said, oh, yeah, it's just Cloverfield. And I think if had they not done that, we probably would have gotten a little bit of a different movie. Yeah, it would have been fascinating if this idea, because they they had the rights to this script sometime in like 2012, I think, if I read that right, or maybe 2015, sometime between 2012 and 2015. It could have been interesting if this had come out second. Right. And then 10 Cloverfield Lane had come out then it might've been a really interesting situation, but um, I think there was a lot of pressure on JJ to, or at least he says to have a Cloverfield sequel at some point. And they made that decision late in the game to make 10 Cloverfield lane, a Cloverfield movie. Well, they need to stop that. <laughs> I don't know. We're for yeah. 10 Cloverfield lane. Yeah, I know. Well, well, 10 Cloverfield lane's fine, but I'm talking about like a movie like this. Movie like Cloverfield Paradox. Mm-hmm. What I didn't get fully was some of the things in that I, I understand again, the ripples in space time and, and whatever, but there's some things that didn't make sense to me. Um, so I get Elizabeth Dilbecki's character, Mina Jensen or something like that, being found in the wall. Um, I understand that you can make that work. Um, this particular Shepherd or Cloverfield station sucked into a different dimension. She gets, she stays there. And if that station evaporates from one lands in the other in a different place, she could be in a wall. Okay. I'll make that work. But there are two things that I don't fully understand how they work. And maybe I'm not supposed to, maybe it's just me picking, but, uh, and they both have to do well. They both kind of have to do with vocal. How to get the worms in him. They did the same thing. You think so? Yeah, um, like but the shift happened. Well, because we see a moment where like the the foosball table changes. Yeah, where like they're red and blue, and then they go and they just change and they're yellow. Yeah, oh, I, think I never worms, even noticed the colors. When different. nobody was when nobody was paying attention, the worms went and Volkov's just sitting there on the toilet, and all of a sudden goes, "Oh, mm, okay, fair. something's wrong with me." And I'll then allow later, that one. Yeah, so I'll allow that one. But how <laughs> did Chris O'Dowd's arm know? that the gyro was in Volkov. Well, who the hell knows? Because his arm is operating independently. Right. That, one does, like, that whole scene, he's, he's fucking thing yeah. from the Adams family. Or, yeah. And, it, and, and like, it just doesn't make sense. That particular part really is the one that I was like, okay, how is this arm still moving? Yeah. 
And B, how does it know that the gyro is in Volkov? Like, yeah, I mean, I guess the only way that they would know that is if some of these events have already happened in their in in this arms universe, <laughs> and so it knows that because it's lived that experience, and that's why uh, uh, the Jensen also has previous knowledge because she's like, don't trust these people; they're bad. But it doesn't really like it. It's befuddling. It's 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 sort of the sci-fi magic of like the arm just it, it operates on its own. It crawls around and it can write and it just knows things. It's very it's very confusing. Um, there's a lot of in- interesting, you know, space tech. They have like these little nanobots that like electrocute them and it like fixes things. It, there's there's a lot there's a lot of leaps of fa- leaps of. Uh, 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 you had to suspend your, your doubt with this one even more so than you'd have in the previous ones. Mm-hmm. Suspend your disbelief, I should say. And I, I really would have liked, I think, um, to gotten more from the Earth story. Um, yeah. I would have liked to have seen how that impacted what was going on there. Um, it may have made me care a little bit more. And like I said, I was really into the, a lot of this, a lot of the horror aspects that they put in there. That's when I was most intrigued. I got, I've never seen any of these movies, but I've got uh, like very final destination vibes where these people are in this dimension where they're not supposed to be. And in order for it to correct itself, the dimension is taking it upon himself to create these situations where these people are kicked out of that dimension in some way, shape or form. Yeah. Uh, so I kind of like that aspect of it. Um, it just, there were just, there were elements there. And, and again, for like two thirds of this movie, I was really feeling it. And I was the only one, at least Andrew, Josh and I were able to watch it together. I was really the only one that was into it. Andrew was asleep. Um, but after that, I was like, okay, just, is this over yet? Yeah. I really dug the death of Tam. She's a a Chinese, uh, engineer of some sort. Uh, she gets stuck in a, an airlock that slowly fills with water and it reaches, I don't know if there's the correct term, but critical mass and the airlock can't hold all this water anymore. And so it ruptures the space lock and it freezes. So they the water because, you know, space is uh, like so cold that cold isn't even really a good, a good word for it. Hyper freezes all the water and she's just instant icicle. I was like, that's a cool death. That's something I've never seen before. Some of these other things I've seen before, but that was pretty cool. Um, so I'll give it that. There was I, after after it happened, I went, "That's cool. That's a cool death." <laughs> and you don't like her much, so it works out. <laughs> All right. Well, do you we want sound thrilled you, about this movie? Do you do you have anything else to add, Josh? I really don't. Um, I kind of, if anything, I enjoyed it less the second time around. I mm. think I enjoyed it more the first time because of the the excitement and the hype of finding out this movie existed the same day I got to watch it. And, yes. you know, Here's I... something that you may be able to remember more than I do, Josh. Mm-hmm. Do you remember, so when, the first time that we watched it, I don't feel like either of us were into it very well. Um, I don't think super... Do you, because I've been trying to remember, do you remember when that monster came out of the clouds? I felt like I thought it was stupid at the time. I thought it was really dumb. 
And I was like, you're just trying too hard to make it part of the Cloverfield universe. It, it seemed like it was disingenuine. Hmm. Uh, this time it felt a little better. Uh, but I, I, and maybe I, and I, I mean, that was years ago and things have happened since then, but I, so I don't remember, but I was, do you remember your reaction to that? Whenever I that don't, happened? I don't remember feeling like that okay. at all. I remember feeling just let down. I think that it wasn't as good as either Cloverfield or 10 Cloverfield Lane. After we finished watching the movie for the second time, I I said that I feel like if this were the second one, I would look at it in a different light. If this came after Cloverfield and then the third one was 10 Cloverfield Lane, I think I might see it differently. But the drastic uh, fall in quality from two to three is just too much for me to ignore, really. So... Yeah. yeah. It's just a bummer. Yeah. Well, would you like my replacement for the box office stats this week? Uh, Yeah, I'm curious what your replacement will even so, be. So, like, uh, this movie was released exclusively on Netflix the day of the Super Bowl. And uh, so, as you might imagine, there's no real box office. This movie did not even get, like, a limited release anywhere. But uh, I do have uh, some details. Um, according to the Hollywood Reporter, and honestly, when I say I have some details, I mostly stole this from Wikipedia and then combined it with some personal research. According to Hollywood Reporter's Paramount Chairman G- uh, Jim Giannopoulos, felt that the film's budget, which had gone up from forty, gone up to forty million dollars from five million dollars, was too big to be profitable in a traditional theatrical release. That's when they cut a deal with Netflix. Netflix paid fifty million dollars for the rights for the movie, so the movie was instantly successful. Wow. Um, they made a $10 million profit off this thing. So as far as they were, as far as Paramount was concerned, they're done. <laughs> like, uh, they didn't think they were going to make, they were going to be able to cover that $40 million budget as well, as it was. Um, Probably right. then, uh, according to, so this is according to Nielsen, according to Nielsen's ratings based on subscription video on demand, nearly 785,000 people watched the Cloverfield paradox, the night of the Super Bowl. This is what uh, they determined from their from their studies. Uh, after three days, 2.8 million people had watched it, and they had 5 million after a week. So it's not necessarily super numbers. Uh, I mean, if you wanted to be, like, really, really, um, like, if you wanted to do the math, 5 million times uh, the average movie ticket price in, 20, in 2018 – uh, was nine dollars and eleven cents. So even at the average, not taking account any kind of like three D or anything like that, uh, you're looking at like forty five million of the people who watched it the first week. So you get like forty five million dollar opening opening week. So probably made the right choice putting it on Netflix. You know, uh, you start off with a five million dollar budget, which would be pretty easy to recoup, but special effects and various other things, you know, push it up to forty million. Paramount was like, sorry, JJ. <laughs> We're not riding it through with this one, and uh, so yeah, made made profit for Paramount. They got they got rid of it. Netflix ended up with a pretty successful post game uh, uh, movie. Um, that said, it did. It, if these numbers are accurate with the Nielsen rating, it didn't uh, even draw as much as the This Is Us finale that day. So, not necessarily the biggest thing that happened after the Super Bowl. And that's really it. <laughs> Your mic's uh, muted, Josh. 
Stupid mic. I was muted. <laughs> to say, to be fair, it premiered late at night, so I feel like almost a million people within the few hours that still existed that day is pretty good, considering yeah. how many people just kind of super tune out after the Super Bowl. Oh, yeah. What was the Super Bowl that year? Do you remember? Is, is Super Bowl boring? I don't know. Mm. Super Bowl, Super Bowl 2018. 2018. Oh, man. There's two Super Bowls. Oh, that was the, the Eagles one? and the Patriots. Patriots. Right? Eagles yep. Patriots. That was a good one. So, yeah, for people to tune in after that Super Bowl is uh, impressive. That was, a, uh, that was actually a really good Super Bowl. This is when my friend went viral. What? For his, this is when Harold went viral for his uh, Eagles Oh, when the Eagles won for the first time. Oh, right. Yeah, when the Eagles won. Yeah, yeah. Harold. Harold uh, I won't say his last name. Um, for fear that, for fear that he, uh, uh, there's no, well, there's no point. Uh, well, that's it. So Andrew won the Letterbox game last week. I did. I did. Sorry, are you prepared, and, Andrew? Hundred and three million people watched that game. Took me a while to find that. Yeah. There you go. Okay. Right. I guess. Super Bowl always draws people. Yeah, still don't know why. Yep. Well, so, Cloverfield Paradox came out in 2018. What do we, what do we rate it? Mm. You mean uh, what do we think? You mean what do we think? It? Yeah, uh, what, what do we think letterbox-wise on yeah. a scale of 0.5 to 5.0? Hmm. I'll go first, and I will say two point one. Two point one. That's what I was gonna say. Oh, um, I'll two point two you. Mm. Right on top 2. of each 2. other. I'm gonna price is, I'm gonna price is right you. Okay. Where so you gonna price is right me? Okay, if it's two point oh, then I win. Ha ha. I'm gonna say I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go low, and say one point eight. Ooh, even lower. Okay. So Get Josh, one point eight. Garrett two point two, David two point one. One. Okay. All right. So out of eighty-five thousand people have have seen this on Letterbox, mm-hmm. over nine thousand six hundred reviews. The winner with the correct answer. Oh. Is Garrett? With hey. Two point two. Prices like Garrett. Bob Barker that. Sh- a big win for Garrett. Much needed in the contested, <laughs> hotly contested, shut up, hotly contested letterbox game. Garrett now moves up to three, tied with me, three even. Josh and Andrew tied at four apiece. Uh, good chance for me to tie the others next week, or yeah. for Josh or Andrew to take a decisive push forward. Uh, we'll see what happens because Garrett can't win next week. So that's like, that's like the best news ever. <laughs> yeah no matter what i'll still be in last in some way shape or form yeah we will sounds about right we will see eventually we'll have to like uh, we'll have to create like a little graphic for this like, little, like three four four three um that's it now we get to us uh, we get we got to spin the wheel we got to pick our next movie no nah, oh, i'm sorry wait we got to do our own reviews. Rate our own reviews i'm yeah. sorry i'm sorry forgive me for our absence uh i need to look at my scale i think I think I know what I'm doing, but I need to check it. So I will go first. And I, okay, I, go I, I, I've been going back and forth with myself. But I'm thinking about giving it a two and a half. I uh, was going to give it a three initially. 
because I didn't feel like there was anything that was just horrible about it. It just didn't really do anything that was exciting. So I was going to give it a good because I didn't think there was anything. It wasn't like poorly shot or the, vi- the visual effects weren't necessarily terrible. The acting wasn't like so unwatchable. It was just, it, but you know, but I, I, I think that to really get like even a three star, there has to be some level of excitement that you get out of it. So I'm going to stick with a two and a half. It's a little disappointing. I will go with two because on my scale, two is disappointing. Disappointing. Yeah, I'm going to go with two and a half. And I'll, and I, <laughs> I find funny. Here's what I find funny. Okay. So I, I have my letterbox pulled up. I decided to go with two and a half. I previously, after my first viewing, gave this movie a three. I'm mm. seeing. Mm. Garrett, you gave it a two and a half the first time you watched it. <laughs> so so we both, we've, we've both lowered by half a point. Interesting. Without even realizing it. Wow. Not and a conscious effort. Yeah, no. no. Andrew? I just give it a two. Regular O2. Yeah. That's going to be very easy to do the math for. Yeah. So wait, we had a, a two, two twos. Two, and, and two, 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 and two and a half. Yeah. Yeah. That's a two and a quarter. Uh, yep. Yeah, uh, yeah, uh, sure is. So we're looking at a 2.0. Yeah. Round down to a I 2.0 guess. on this one. Or I guess we could round up to a two and a half. I guess so we could put it up to a vote. Yeah. Cause it's right. It's right in the middle. Anybody, all in favor of two and a half. All in favor of two. Uh, a two. Yeah, half. We split it again. <laughs> It's almost like the two people that pick two and a half put two and a half, and the two people that pick two pick two. Well, only two people have the password anyway, so. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> and it's on the other side of the, the uh, Zoom yeah. screen, yeah. 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 Okay. Uh, y'all want to know the Metacritic score? Yeah, what's yeah. the Metacritic score? While you look that up. 14. Uh, yeah, it's, uh, let's see, whatever I would think it would be, and then subtract by 10. Uh, 20. I'm going to say a, a 12, a 19. Okay. David, 19? 19. Get? 22. 22? Taylor Swift. <laughs> 12. 12, 19, 22. The answer is 37. Ooh. Cloverfield Paradox, not as bad on Metacritic as most things. Yeah. Only a few points below Back to the Future Part 2. <laughs> for whatever reason. Um, I, so, so what did you guys think of this movie, uh, this series as a whole? I like the series as a whole. Yeah. yeah. You just don't love this one movie. Yeah. This it's is the really- only outlier and in, in as, as far of a drop as I had even though, this movie, it doesn't do anything to the franchise. Right. And even though it does not do what it's trying to do well, I like what it adds, which is mm. this. Um, extra stuff about the God particle and the space time continuum and parallel universes. What it attempts to add. I like, I just don't think it's executed well. Right. Yeah. Because if we ever do get more Cloverfield movies, it just means that we, they don't have to be connected. They can all be standalone movies, which gives, which in my opinion, it gives you a better chance of having a good movie be turned out because you can make it a standalone movie with just these elements that tie in. It does not have to be like cohesive with everything. No, you're not real. You're it not has to have certain elements that you can work in and, and this greater 
picture of the movie can be what it is. Yeah, you're not handcuffed by the story that's already been laid down mm-hmm. as much. Um, yeah, I, yeah, it's kind of funny. It finally came to me what this is. It's, it, you know, it's a, an anthology series. You know, this is a, you know the equivalent of an American horror story, but with movies. You know, these are the Cloverfield stories. And so I think two out of three ain't bad if they ever do revisit this, which we talked about last week with JJ signing with a exclusive deal with, uh, what was it? Warner? Yeah. yeah. WB. You know, the, the, the state of the franchise may be in limbo, but the great thing is because of how they've established the, the franchise at this point, they really aren't any under, under any obligation to revisit it anytime soon. They could revisit it 10 years from now and it would still f- fit just as well because if you all you have to do is say it's in the cloverfield world what if he ghost wrote the whip what if he was just like in the back writing these movies mm-hmm. and was like here i'll help you but like i can't tell anybody but like i'm gonna do it don't tell anybody that's what i do secret cloverfield movie yeah. <laughs> jj why are you talking like that don't talk, don't 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 my not jj <laughs> call me kelvin kelvin call me kelvin right. well that's my name Let's wrap this up. <laughs> um, we're going to spin the wheel to figure out our next series. You're going to have to watch our social media feeds for that, though. Mm-hmm. You don't just get to find out by listening to this episode. Not yet. No. So we're going to sign off and do that. Keep an eye out on our Facebook and YouTube channels, uh, especially for that video to come out soon. Yep. And we'll let you know what we're doing. We're excited. We don't even know yet. So find us online, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, search so many sequels, YouTube and Letterboxd as well. uh, Subscribe to our channel uh, and or the podcast, whichever you prefer. Um, Really, uh, you should do both because some things go on the YouTube channel that don't go on the podcast feed. So, Amen. You you don't have to pick between them. Just subscribe to both. All right. We'll be back later. Until next time. There wasn't a pair of ducks in this movie. (laughs) <laughs> a pair of ducks yeah yes. uh, kept looking for the you. pair of ducks the cloverfield pair of ducks couldn't find them anywhere that may have been a better movie what an easter egg <laughs>